best PMs hand you problems, not solutions. And they have the mindset that they need to share with you everything and empower you with data. And if that's not happening, then it's going to be very, very hard for you as a designer to do your job properly and achieve the best results. Hello, UX friends, and welcome to a new episode of Honest UX Talks. As always, I'm joined by Anfisa, and today we're going to be tackling a very interesting topic. I know I always say that, (laughs) but I always get excited because I think we're discussing pretty cool stuff here. So today we will be unpacking the collaboration between designers and product managers. We're going to be discussing our own experiences and some of the things that might go bad in this collaboration, as well as how to navigate different challenges. Where do responsibilities start and end for each of these roles from what we've experienced so far? So with this intro, I'm going to go ahead and ask our traditional, how was your past week, Anfi? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode. Always excited to talk to you, Ioana, and to be back on air. We just made a little screenshot photo with on air neon sign. So I'm even more in the podcast mood today. So my last week was actually quite okay. Always busy with this new timeline. I think I'm learning a lot, reflecting a lot lately because we had this first new cycle working in six week cycle projects and it's really going ups and down a little bit of a roller coaster. We were reflecting and how should you do it next time better and stuff like that. But we are finishing the project. We have one more week left and we'll have a little bit of a cool down period at my work. We'll have a conference in Prague. So a lot of people will come to Prague and have some time to network, I guess, and have fun. But other than that, it's all good. Still working on my course, really excited about it, kind of working on the templates, looking for hacks and tactics. I know that people are always more interested in the hacks and tactical applications. So that's what I'm kind of digging in into right now because the structure is there, the theory and like general mindset principles are there already. And I'm now looking into like specific things that could amplify the journey of the students of the potential new course that I'm still not announcing yet. So that's what I'm mainly working on. Keep doing that. And that's it on my side. How about you? How was your last week? I'm trying to remember what I did last week. I think I'm having like some memory issues. I'm not sure if it's like a prolonged effect of being a new mother. (laughs) I'm not a new mother anymore. So my daughter is now two years and four months. So I'm not that new, but I still have mom brain. I think it's going to be persistent. Anyhow, so I think as some of our regular listeners definitely know, I'm very focused on uh, design right now. I'm I'm very dedicated to my job at UiPath. I'm working on the product very closely with the product manager. So I'm going to be having a lot of insights on that. That's my main focus. Uh, I'm also enjoying uh, some time off from social media, which is very very refreshing and it feels like uh, the healthy choice right now for me. I do miss interacting with a lot of people and I miss the conversations and I miss the excitement of posting something and helping people, but I'm a bit burned out and uh, I continue to feel that. (laughs) And then I'm also very excited that in two weeks from now, I'm going to be traveling to the US to go to South by Southwest, which is what I fantasize about all the time now. This is like my main source of joy. (laughs) I think uh, that's my week in a nutshell. Not sure if, if something else that was interesting happened doesn't feel so right now. So let's jump into the topic of today. And I'm going to just go ahead and ask you, in your past job, probably our listeners know as well, 
you've been a freelancer, you've worked in startups, you've worked in big companies, two big uh, roles, at least. The question is, what were your experiences working with product managers and what are, were the setups for the teams, different teams you were on? So if you could unpack a little of how the collaboration felt so far in your life. Yeah, thank you for the disclaimer. Indeed, I would say that it is quite different, especially when it comes to startups, small teams, products that are still like in a zero to one stage where they basically don't exist yet in the market and there is no customer base. But when you're working in a startup, it's usually a smaller team, right? It's usually you, maybe CEO of the product, a CTO of the product, uh, potentially a few developers, and that's pretty much it. In that regard, there's practically no PM and you are the PM and the CEO is the PM and sometimes CTO is the PM. So it's like a shared role across different roles. It's, it's hard to say because I never had like a role model of the PM of a good PM for sure, when I was working with a startup in the freelancing stage. Basically, back then, the business opener would be the product project manager, to be honest. Actually, it's a good point. We also maybe want to a little bit dive into what's the difference between project and product managers, because there's definitely specifics. However, yeah, there was really not so much of the management itself in the smaller product setup. And then as I started working in the enterprise environment, so I started working first in the corporations. That's the first time when I started working with PMs. My first experience was almost like a first pancake is lumpy because <laughs> I wouldn't say that was a good experience. And I think we'll debrief a little bit more later in this episode talking about negative experiences. But my personally first experience was when the PM had this role of, I tell you what to do and you do design it. <laughs> in a nutshell. So it was not great. I would say that generally the culture of the company I worked at was uh, just not very UX mature. It was predominantly tech driven. Um, there was way more developers than designers, as well as PMs was always like the leader of our product. A PM would be somebody whose role would be to just kind of orchestrate the priorities, what we are working on, form the requirements and sort of feed it to you and tell you what to do. Sometimes I know that, for example, in that company, there was a UX researcher role, which was a very shared service, which was like one or two people for many, many projects. So you never really see the researchers. So in that company, PM would sometimes collaborate with researchers, but then they would kind of approach the designers as, I have formulated the problem for you, so you go now design it. So again, not a great experience, but part of it. And I definitely went through it. It was around four years ago. I would say that we always had problems and sort of power battles in terms of prioritization and kind of decision-making process in that company. Later, I worked in a different big company and the PMs were much more user-centered there. I really loved the collaboration with them. And uh, what we would usually do is really start early on together, sit together in the same room, try to understand the problem, try to formulate the question try to frame the problem, whereas the PM I would work with would usually start by understanding the business, the opportunity cost, total addressable market, and maybe understanding who should we be targeting. And me as a designer, I would try to sort of segment who we can target and try to understand who has the bigger problem. So I would, as a designer, be more focused on things such as like basically user research, right? And the PM would really focus more on the business side of things. But it was always a great collaboration that I had in that company and um, it was yeah much more collaborative much more early on deciding together 
And in my latest company, which is a smaller size at this point, we only have around up to 30 people in the company, in the team, particularly in our product team. Now we have a 1 p.m. per product. Actually, we have a product family that has three products and we have 1 p.m. per each of those products within the product family, if that makes sense. So we have three p.m.s. Each one is responsible for one unit of the product. There again, it's much more collaborative. I think I mentioned it before, but we are using the product trio principle where you have the product manager, you have the designer, and then you have a tech lead. And it's like this power trio that makes all the decisions together, sits in the same room, looks into the same research, into the same insights, have the same data and prioritizes it together and then kind of separates the roles, gets separate and then get back together to, again, kind of sync and discuss the progress. So with the PMs, I would say it's always very important to collaborate early on. Now it's getting much, much better in at least my career comparison to the past, which I, yeah, again, experienced. But in a nutshell, I'd say that the key role of the product managers for me is not just to look into the business side of things, right? To make a case, to make evidence-driven decisions, to sell it probably to leadership, to kind of make a budget for the project and stuff like that. But to also think about the product holistically as where you also need to be actually involved to understand the roadmap. By the way, I also hate the word <laughs> roadmap because I think roadmaps are always like, mistreated and taken very linear and, and not always agile enough for the real world. But long story short, they need to understand the whole picture and how each of the priorities makes sense and be able to evaluate the priorities. But these decisions always have to be done in sync with designers and then, of course, the tech leads. From my perspective, also product managers supposed to orchestrate still the team, right? So whatever is next priority, usually they would be the one responsible for communicating it, articulating it, making a case for it, really like looking into kind of a business case, leveraging that case, whereas you will only help with data or they will help you with data, but it's in a collaborative way. But the key responsible for the PMs was really to be like this process orchestrator <laughs> making sure everybody's aligned, maybe making sure everybody understands it, making sure everybody has the right resources and making sure we're focusing on the right thing, if that makes sense. That was my experience. But again, I wouldn't say that I have the best role model, the best experience ever. At this point, I'm just aware of how much it is important to work together. But I don't think I've ever experienced amazing collaboration so far. How about you? How was your experience? Well, uh, I'm here to balance this conversation <laughs> because I've had a couple of uh, positive experiences in my um, in my work so far. I'm going to just revisit them briefly in a timeline. So my first uh, UX job was within ING Bank, my first big project. So I had a couple of small projects and those didn't involve so much collaboration between me and the PM because it wasn't like a big problem space and a big like there wasn't a lot of complexity to tackle. But then when I had my first big project, that was the redesign of the a big functionality, let's say a big part of the banking app. Then I had to explore deeper the collaboration between the UX and the product manager because there was a lot of complexity to navigate and it was um, a challenging project in itself. So what happened was that I felt, especially since I was pretty junior back then, it was a mistake from my side. I felt that I'm only responsible for making the screens happen. <laughs> so taking interaction design decisions and uh, looking at uh, how layout should be and like stuff like that. So I was very focused on, let's say, for ease of understanding on UI. 
and just delivering uh, whatever features we had planned. But I didn't really have the right mindset of influencing the product and influencing the vision and like informing the problems we solve and, and coming up with interesting insights to address based on research. And so we were doing research and we were quite um, efficient in the way we were working. So both um, myself and the product manager, we were heavily involved in talking to users and uh, we also were able to gather some extra resources around us that would also get in, like other designers and, and folks from the business team sometimes. And so we were pretty efficient in the way we generated a good understanding of what we're doing. But I feel that I wasn't able to be in the lead, like completely understand the impact that a designer can have in this relationship between PMs and designers. I, I felt like they were sort of leading the project and I was like just responding to the things that needed to be done. My mind mindset has changed a lot from that point on. I realized that uh, designers can also lead. So the product manager is not the boss <laughs> of the project, although in a way they are. So I think that they also should be. And I'm going to go deeper into unpacking that in my next stories. Then I joined UiPath and on the first product I worked on, it was a, one of their core products, a big product, a very complicated product, very technical product. So because of my lack of a good, strong technical understanding, I was, again, very reliant on what the product managers said we should be doing. And I once again felt that I'm not able to push for the impact that I started to feel that designers could have, but that was because of different reasons. So for once, at that point, I was one designer at its peak. This product had nine product managers and I was one designer. So you can imagine that there was no time for me to do product vision or just to think about what's the problem space we're operating in. It was just like survival mode most of the days and just pushing through the features making the backlog happen and just executing a lot. So those were like not the best, let's say, conditions to exercise the design power that we have. Because of my lack of a technical understanding, I had a lot of questions that like I always felt like I'm missing something. I'm missing something in the solutions that I'm exploring. I was very dependent on the product managers because, because I felt like I don't get the whole picture. And I wasn't getting the whole picture. And sometimes designers don't even, it's ideal to have the, the entire picture of what goes on in the business, like the business goals, the technical limitations, uh, the product vision, how that aligns with the marketing strategy, like understand everything. I think strong designers and especially lead principles, so very mature individual contributors and especially management roles for designers entail this level of understanding everything. But at that point, I wasn't able to grasp it, right? I wasn't able to build it because of the context I was set up for failures. So that was my second experience. And it wasn't very positive, of course, because I felt like I was uh, uh, understuffed. <laughs> Eventually, we managed to bring more resources in the design team and things started to even out. And then it wasn't as bad. But then I went in maternity leave and I don't know what happened. I mean, I sort of know, but uh, it wasn't my problem anymore. <laughs> Anyhow, so... And then I worked with a couple of startups and I feel that startups have a different level of closeness when it comes to working with the product managers because you're essentially most of the times building things from scratch. It's not an improvement. It's not a new feature. It's a product. You're building a product. So it's a different, in a way, it's 
a smaller scale, but it's a bigger scale. So it's quite paradoxical in a way because you're doing things that might might not have the same impact because if you're working in a big company, you're probably working on big products with a lot of users. And so that's the level of you, you can hope for high numbers <laughs> in, in terms of the impact your design decisions have. In a startup, you don't know if you're going to reach anyone, but you're solving more unknown, let's say. <laughs> There's more unknown, more uncertainty than in a bigger uh, structure, a more mature structure. So uh, in startups, I feel like I was uh, working very closely with product managers because we had a lot of unknowns to address all the time. And there was a, even a higher level of need for research than in, in bigger companies. In bigger companies, you have a lot of insights. Clients, they send you some feedback. You kind of know what people are complaining about. There's a, a sufficient uh, level of usage that kind of informs some of the things. So in a way, it's easier. It's hard to like prioritize between insights, understand which is the bigger problem out of all the problems that you have. But in startups, you don't have that luxury of knowing what's not working. You're doing something sometimes from scratch. So there's a lot of unknown. So that's why I think the collaboration between UX and PM is even more critical in smaller setups because then you have to navigate all this uncertainty and the lack of information, which of course you can solve, you can address by doing more research and exposing yourself like more discovery work and so on. So it can be counterbalanced, but most of the times um, you're not going to get away with just designing without, <laughs> right? Like, and not even relying on what the product manager says, because in a startup, the product manager probably has some domain knowledge. They understand the vision, but they don't have a lot of insights either. So you can't really rely on what's coming from them. So you have to do your own work. So that was my second experience, side experience, <laughs> working with startups. I'm back in my role at UiPath, but I'm on a different product. It's called Clipboard AI. It's a very nice product. It has an AI component. I'm very excited about it. I've been talking a lot in the past episodes about the work I'm doing there. It's interesting that now the design team is more uh, represented. <laughs> so essentially, I'm a designer based here in Bucharest. The product manager is also based here in Bucharest. So we work in the same office, which obviously helps in facilitating conversations and helping me build clarity and, and have a deeper understanding of what's going on. But we also have a couple of designers getting involved that are based in Seattle. So also we have the time zone let's say challenges, but also advantages because we can work around the clock. And and now it's like we're essentially a team of a strong, very mature UX researcher, two very senior designers. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm a very senior designer. The VP of design is very involved. Another design manager is very involved. And there's one product manager. So it's great that now design kind of really feels like it has a seat at the table. But coming back to the collaboration with the product manager, I, I feel that there's a healthier report here going on. So even if the product manager has a deeper technical understanding of something that as designers, it's going to be very hard for us to keep up with the technicalities of the product, right? And uh, so on. And they continue to be able to sort of lead the direction in which the product is going. I feel like we have enough freedom to explore the design implementation of that vision, right? So to explore design solutions. And I feel like we're encouraged right now to come up with creative ways of solving problems and, and just feeling autonomous, right? Because that's what you want. You don't want a, a product manager that micromanages you or treats you like you're his employee, because sometimes that dynamic happens. I've seen it again and again in companies. But now I feel like we managed to sort of, of course, it's not perfect all the time. It's not like we're in the constant state of balance, but most of the times things go well, right? So design has the liberty of 
of exploring things, maybe coming up with things that maybe insights, maybe themes, maybe directions and so on. So we have a lot of liberty, but we're also feeling like it's it's just a good relationship right now. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm always uh, like very reluctant to how things will evolve because of past experiences, which were mostly positive. So I've been lucky enough to work with PMs that I trusted, I respected, I uh, felt like they understand what they're doing. And so that was very trust inducing. I feel like things can go bad <laughs> very easily. So I'm just uh, right now it's good. So I'm in a good project. I've been rambling around. I hope people can take something out of everything I've been saying. So I would say let's jump into more specific points of who does what. I think it's interesting. I'm going to share it in the show notes. There's a study that Nielsen Norman Group did. Maybe you also wanted to reference it. I think it's a very telling for the conversation we're having today. That shows that in most of the parts of our industry, there's a big misunderstanding around who does what, and there's a lot of overlap. So this research that they've done has shown that PMs and designers kind of think that they have to do the same things, mostly discovery work, a lot of discovery work. It's interesting to see that most places don't have a very clear delimitation of roles and responsibilities. And yeah, I just want to pick your brain around what do you feel about that? So what should the PM do and what should the designer do? Who does what on a project? You're right. I was actually looking into the same study. I think uh, it's a very common one. And I think maybe you will refer back to the data there. I will now speak a little bit more about my experience and my point of view around how I think it works better based on my not so big experience working with PMs, let's say so. In my opinion, the key responsibility, I'd say, is to kind of focus on the business and kind of always leverage that data, that piece to the whole team to understanding the impact of each of the priority, to understanding how it falls into the full picture. Because obviously PMs, at least in my experience, it was like this. PMs were a little bit better embedded into all the planning discussions. So let's say every company, especially product company, would have their own like business goals, right? It's a product company. If there is no business, there is no company. So there is always, at least in our company or in previous companies I worked at, there was always some sort of KPIs in in the plain language, key performance indicators or key metrics we want to focus or key results we want to achieve in, let's say, yearly or quarterly timelines. Our, every, every company is responsible for communicating those KPIs. And usually I, I recommend every employee to know what this company is trying to achieve and why and why specific metrics or, or goals. But it's still not always very obvious and you don't always know the full picture very well. You don't know the details of the those, let's say, plannings and those specific goals, right? So usually the PMs is the person who's most involved into those discussions, into the plannings, into how the product is moving towards some specific goals. And usually as the designer, I benefited a lot from really diving deeper into the business case from PMs. So for me, a PM is always like this business person. I really need to understand very well from them typically from them. Maybe in some companies it's a different story, but in my experience it was always like, give me the understanding of the full context. What do we know? What do we don't know about the business? Where are the gaps? Usually, again, the project setup, whatever we are supposed to start working on, PMs understands the impact of that specific uh, effort or whatever epic. They understand how it falls into the company's business strategy. They are responsible for communicating that. Right? So again, typical things such as metrics, how we are measuring the success 
success? What do we know? What do we don't know? Probably, like you said, Iwana, as a designer, I was a part of a lot of customer interviews and I kind of heard about the pain points and I kind of knew about the real like problems there or needs or whatever, feature requests, whatever is there. So I'm aware of some of the context, but I'm not as a designer who is not just supposed to like do the discovery, but also the delivery, right? Not always involved in a more strategic high level leadership talks. And that's where I rely more on the PM to really take charge of. So they would do their job, they would plan it, they will see the picture more holistically sometimes. They would plan it. Usually the typical deliverable from the PM would be their, like a roadmap or some sort. I'm not a fan of roadmaps, like I already mentioned, but let's let's just use this as the like stereotypical delivery outcome from the PMs. And so they understand really the full picture and they're driving the whole product into a certain direction. So like you said, Ivana, they are in fact in charge, but at the same time, there is a lot of crossovers in terms of how we collaborate and our responsibilities. So by understanding the full picture and the business impact of each of the prioritized efforts or projects, you as a designer then pick it up from there and trying to digest or dissect really why it is important, trying to understand how it fits into the strategy, how it fits into the product, how it fits into the user experience and who is actually the user, right? And all those questions. You pick it up from the business case and understand it very well, you understand the impact, you understand the ultimate goal of it and how it will help the company to drive and achieve better results in whatever timeline. And then you start doing the research search more in-depth specifically to that context that you outlined with the PM. Now I'd have to do a little bit of the <laughs> sort of fork from my, my monologue. So there are two angles to look at this in my perspective. One is specific to the project and that's when you start working on the project, you do the kickoff together, you start sharing the same context, you start answering the questions or asking the questions and collecting the answers, all of that. So you work on specific project, right? But then there is this ongoing continuous context setup where you still have to be together all the time. Like I said, it's very important that you share similar context. You are together participating into some discovery interviews. You hear the customers. If there is an ad hoc complaint or problem by the from the customer or user group or whatever, you jump on it together. You try to kind of understand it and debrief on it together. So you constantly have to share the same knowledge and be like in sync with that alignment is super important in my opinion so yeah there are two perspectives to look at this one is this continuous always trying to understand how our product performs within different customer groups or user groups etc and then there is this project perspective when you zoom in into a specific problem or goal and start diving into it and that's when the pm would be the person who feeds you all the information and empowers you with the data connects you to the right people and stuff like that so for me you Usually the responsibilities of the PM, if we zoom in into the project perspective and the things that actually worked really great in my experience were when the PM would empower me with data, give me the right context, figure things out if I don't have time for that, connect me to the right people who I can talk to maybe, as well as aligning the whole team, not just me as a designer, but the tech team as well, which usually statistically is always bigger. So the alignment there is also very important and developers are not just the guys who are writing the code and pushing the code lines but the guys who also need to understand and as well participate in the discussion and maybe sometimes even challenge the decisions that you're doing so 
creating that alignment in the team, engaging the tech team as well is what I believe is one of the responsibilities of the PM. Maybe, for example, one thing that helped me a lot when I worked in the previous company, in the enterprise company, was when the PM helped me to set up the mindset about the product because it was a very technical product. It was all about API integrations. I did not know anything about it. And the PM was really great in the communication. Communication is for me is very big and important part of being a great PM. And of course, a part of it is aligning the team and engaging the team and stuff like that, but also explaining the things in a plain language when it is a very complex tech setup. So the PM I had was really like explaining it to me almost like in a baby language. So that PM helped me with the right metaphors, explaining it on the whiteboarding, using really like things that are easy to understand and map it on our complex problem. So again, mindset setup would be something I really would appreciate from the PMs, as well as the third. So I already mentioned, right, empowering with data, setting up the mindset and communicating and engaging the team, which is the second one. And the third one is obviously business case. So again, always creating as a business case, communicating it to every single, I don't know, stakeholder in the company, be it a leadership team, be it a tech team, be it a designer, be it whatever, whoever it is, maybe sales team, et cetera, et cetera. So being the sort of, again, orchestrator, communicator kind of a person, that's where I saw the biggest value from the PM. And I don't know if those are the things we share. I think those are actually the things we don't share usually in the, in the daily life. But back to the things which I think we all share is, again, working with data alignment, sometimes even co-cooperation, co-creation even with some PMs. I even did the whiteboarding sessions when we would brainstorm on ideas. I, of course, as a designer, would be facilitating that code creation, but they also have point of view and sometimes their point of view is really helpful for, you know, understanding the, from the business perspective. And that helps me as a designer to also um, take that into account. Some other things that could be like aligned and things that where we kind of compete <laughs> for for responsibilities, but not in a, in a bad way, but more in a collaborative way. What we do together is the vision and the prioritization and even sometimes knowledge collecting, right? Because the PM might do their own, even sometimes technical research, actually, I've seen PMs do that. But yeah, they would do sometimes like business prioritization, business research, tech research, tech prioritization. But I, as the designer, would be more responsible for the user research, right? What the users say, what the insights are important, that what insights could be a part of being, making that business case and then that that's me bottom up feeding the insights that are important for the business so they can make up the business case and stuff like that. So essentially, there is still a lot of collaboration and, and there is a huge need for us, for me, to constantly be in sync and collaborate. And yes, designers definitely had a stake of the product and how the product is shaping up. But the PMs are almost those great cardinals who are, <laughs> in a way, orchestrating it. The better the communicator and the more user-centered they are, the easier the collaboration usually gets to be. Okay, so I was also rambling a lot here. I would love to hear your perspective on this and what do you think are the common and maybe different things that we are doing? I think you, you touched on a lot of points. <laughs> so I'm going to just try to be brief about it. I feel that indeed, like you said, for me, always I, I, I saw the product manager as a diplomat, right? So their role is to like put everyone at the same table, make sure people are aligned, keep a good relationship and very close one with the development team, of course, because role of a PM is to make sure things get implemented, essentially. So they're building the stuff in a way. 
So that's essential. So a very close relationship with the with the development team, but also build a strong relationship with the design team or designer, and then also have a great relationship with other stakeholders in the company. And so it's just a, let's say, a communication. Good PMs should be good communicators, not necessarily good talkers, but but just understanding how to align different ideas and different visions and make sure to capture everyone's uh, fears and constraints and navigate those. So it's Think it's a very hard job <laughs> sometimes i'm just, like just looking at my pm and, and the work i've done i'm just happy i'm the designer on the team because there's a lot of work that goes into that i mean a lot of moving parts and of course uh, sometimes the vision of the company changes sometimes the business objectives change and so it can be very dynamic and and the role of a pm is to build predictability, to have clarity, to understand what's our North Star, what are we going towards? And then if the parts keep moving, it's very difficult to sustain that path. And I think this is something that we see with a lot of products as sometimes the teams, they kind of lose track of what they're heading for. So just putting everyone at the same table, metaphorically speaking, and, and making sure that they talk and communicate. And align as much as possible. Sometimes there will be misalignments, right? So sometimes I would say, here's the right solution for this problem. You've handed over to me. And this is another important point. I think the best product managers hand you problems, not solutions, obviously. And they just say, we know that this is not working. We know that, I don't know, clients are unhappy. It's not efficient. It's not technically possible, whatever, solve it. <laughs> and, and then that's it. As opposed to being very prescriptive about the solution, we need to put a button here that does that. Sometimes it's as simple as that, right? So, but, but most of the times they should hand you a problem and not a solution. So yeah, getting back to my point, I was just talking about the misalignments I remembered. So sometimes I will say, here's the best solution for the user. And then the development team will say, it's impossible to implement because I don't know what, we don't have the technology. And so that's where the PM should come in and find a compromise area, if you want, find a way in which we're, we're bridging this miscommunication or not misalignment necessarily, but when things between people don't necessarily match, they have to find that common denominator and build on that. Anyhow, uh, that's one thing. So the diplomacy, if you want a role, and then there's also a very tactical part to the role like write stories, make sure people can understand what we're building, make sure people can understand why we're building that, make sure everyone can figure out a product vision. Just build clarity is another point. So this is on an abstract level, build clarity, but on a very tactical level, that means uh, documenting stuff, communicating often, having conversations all the time. So it's a lot of work that goes into building that clarity. Essentially, it all adds up to having the team understand what we're going for. And of course, all the technical things like daily things or depending on the development system you're working on, like dailies or planning and grooming and all sorts of meetings like that. So uh, the ceremonies that happen in product development, they are in a way in charge of how the product is represented, obviously. And um, yeah, and other things I think you've touched on, it's much more to that. I'm in a way simplifying. <laughs> I, I know they do a lot more. And I think that's it. And I think designers to talk about where we come in. I think that we have to like just take the problems that we learn about and try to solve them and try to learn about them. I think the learning part is shared. I think the misalignment in the industry kind of makes sense. I think both the product manager and the designer should be involved in research. 
most of the product managers I've worked with were very heavily interested in talking to clients, talking to users, doing research, doing discovery work, staying, keeping close with the UX researcher when available. So there was a huge appetite and there should be a huge appetite from their side. So I don't think that's an overlap. I think that's normality or that's like health, if you want, for a product. Of course, everybody has to optimize their time. So sometimes the designer would spend more time doing research because the product manager can't possibly be in all rooms at the same time, right? But I think that a good product manager does research as well. So not like the methodology, but is involved in what are we trying to find out and what did we learn? And those kind of questions, they're always on, on their mind, right? And then how we achieve those, answering those questions is the problem that the designer should solve or the researcher, hopefully, if there's a researcher available and so on. So the designer should spend a lot of time doing research, and this is a shared chunk, but then they also should spend a lot of time doing interaction design. And this is where I think designers should be independent. And so this is where the overlap ends for me. Just let me <laughs> let me solve the problem in any way I find best with the information I have available and trust me on that. And then we can discuss it. Designers should be open for feedback. Design by committee where, and I'm also guilty of that. Sometimes when I'm very tired or sometimes when I'm not very confident about the design decision I made, I, I tend to be very much influenced by the product managers. And this has happened my entire career. So if they find one of the solutions better, I feel like they must know, they know something. They know the product better. They understand the uh, market better. So they, I, I should trust them. But most of the times it's it shouldn't be so much like a committee effort. It should be like the designer leading the solutions were and also owning the risk that comes with that. And now I think we can move into the last points, which are around uh, what things can go wrong. And I've uh, teased some of them. So one of them is uh, product managers that get too involved in design and sort of dictate how a solution should look like and sort of put a button here and then we need three fields here. And then I think it's better to do it like this. And so when they become very, very much involved in um, in design, that's a red flag. That's a big problem. Although I think most of the product managers I've personally worked with, they're pretty good designers as well. So it's funny that in a way they have the design brain, right? So you can't possibly be a good product manager if you don't have also that designer mindset somewhere in you. So they have it. And sometimes their solutions could even be superior to the designer. But for the sake of process efficiency and for like optimizing for statistical success, trust the designer most of the time. It's just you might have a better solution at some point. Just give them feedback. Don't impose. Another thing that can happen is not uh, empowering the designer enough. So not giving them enough information, not building clarity on the business goals, the company, not exposing them enough to the why and the, where we're in the North Star, right? So I think the designers can't possibly design good solutions if they don't have a pretty good overview. So they don't need to understand it to the level of detail that the product manager should. But I feel that they should be exposed to all of that and also be exposed to problems as soon as they emerge. I feel that in many companies and in many teams I've been exposed to, even if not directly working, Sometimes the UX is a, like a, the final layer that comes at the end. So the product manager with the developer and the stakeholders, they decide what will be built. And then they ask, come sprinkle some UX here, do some screens. It's like this. Here are the wireframes. Just make them pretty. And I think that's obviously a, a big no-no. So involve the designer early on. The designer should be there from the get-go. 
Yeah, I think I think those are some of the things that PM might be wrong about. So the things I have on my mind when designers can be wrong is that designers can get very defensive in the face of uh, product managers. I think there's a power battle many times that can happen there, even if it's not overt, very, very obvious. But designers sometimes can feel intimidated. They can be like very influenced. So they also can become defensive and not accept feedback and turn it into an ego battle. And I've seen that relationship go bad because of just egos many times. And I think that designers can also be very, sometimes they don't document enough. They don't give the product manager enough clarity on a particular solution. So they deliver some half-baked things that they understand very well, but the product manager and the rest of the development team and the product team will probably not understand if it's not very well documented. So I think designers tend to be not sloppy, but because they're big picture thinkers and they get excited and they want to do things fast. And sometimes it happened to me as well because of an over-enthusiasm. I didn't document things to the level of detail that was necessary. And I think that's something we should all be careful about. And I think that's what I feel are the most common pitfalls, <laughs> things that can go in a bad direction. Do you want to add anything to that? I mean, you definitely touched on the most important thing. For me, it was also very similar to this great statement you did that best PMs hand you problems, not solutions. So, I mean, the biggest problem was always also along the line of here is the sketch or here. I mean, I don't mind sketches. Sketches are actually helpful to understand their thinking, but it doesn't mean that we are going to take this sketch and go and, like you said, sprinkle some UX magic, basically putting it in Figma with like pixel perfect layers and that's it. <laughs> that's not the point. The sketches or whatever is fine. The directions are fine. But then I totally agree with you that it should be like, here is the problem and whatever way you want to solve it, I'll give it to you. Like I'll, I'll kind of rely on you to go and figure it out. And that's always where the problem could happen if that's not happening, if the mindset is not like that. So like I mentioned already, I did have one experience working with PMs when the mindset was not there. The company, like you literally explained, was that company that had more developers, PO and, and that PM. And they, they would decide on something. They would kind of use their backlog, prioritize their efforts and then ask, hey, designer, we have like this use case. Go and kind of put some screens around that case. Sometimes even coming up with like, here is the exact solution. Here is my napkin drawing. Go and, and put it into Figma so the developers can make it pixel perfect. So that is exactly like you mentioned is a wrong approach. The second typical problem I have had more again in, in that first company was with like strong opinions. It, it's really important to be aligned from the beginning. If as a designer, you are involved in prioritization, building the knowledge, understanding the context, then the situation should not be happening. But if you are put in a situation when like, hey, designer, here is a sketch and put it into Figma, then you're in the, like this losing position from the get go. It's very, very hard to build a case and rationalize your decisions and kind of, again, align everyone, explain your thinking, making sure everybody's aligned because you're from the beginning given a different role. You're not expected to solve whatever problems, right? You're expected to just making it nice and Figma. And that's very, very wrong approach that leads to very wrong results, in my opinion. And so if that's happening, like I said already, it's very hard to leverage the design you're doing, especially if you're trying to challenge their statements, their decisions, and coming up with different decisions. Sometimes they're like, come on, like, don't waste your time, <laughs> basically. They would kind of sometimes reply like this, and that's always like a problematic thing, because you're not able to do your job properly then. You're not able to solve user problems, right? Or 
again, this is like one case or second case is if you're coming up with a solution to the problem that was commonly agreed upon, you're coming up with like great concepts, different directions, but then the PM would still say like, yeah, all great. And, and they would sort of fall in love with one of the directions or solutions right from the beginning. So whatever you're doing, it's great. Do your job, like do whatever you're doing. Do you follow your nice design process? But we already know what we will be building right? That's very wrong approach. And that's very wrong mindset that I have experienced in the past as well. So strong opinions, decision making, even before you did your exploration, that's happening. And then micromanagement, I believe, also happened to me in a, in a few cases where, let's say, you agreed on the concept. Maybe the concept, you share the same thinking, you all like, kind of align on this, that's great, that follow this concept, great, we're doing this. And now you start working on the details and then this micromanagement happens with like, can you make the button bigger? Or why is this line there? We don't need the divider there. And so small things like that, where again, it's very much your responsibility to follow or focus on the interaction design and the elements that goes into kind of coming up with a solution. And when I hear those like very directive interaction design comments that specifically do not explain how it helps solving the problem, let's say remove the divider without explaining why, then that's a problematic thing. It's more like directive, I tell you what to do. And again, that comes back to the same problem, original problem, with you are just being the pixel pusher rather than a partner in this project. And when this happens, that's always the core of the problems that I've experienced in the past. So I don't want to give any solutions here, but <laughs> a kind of typical solution is for me was always to look for the companies that don't have that mindset. To try to interview and understand the PMs you will be working with early on before you even took that role and accepted the offer. Because for me, collaboration with PMs is very often would drive the success of you and your team. And if you see that the mindset is not there, that's very, very problematic to work with. It's a big, big friction and obstacle for you to be effective as a designer. I think we talked a lot already in this episode. So maybe without going into three takeaways from each of us, I'll just say that for me, the key learning today is that best PMs hand you problems, not solutions. And they have the mindset that they need to share with you everything and empower you with data. And if that's not happening, then it's going to be very, very hard for you as a designer to do your job properly and achieve the best results. So that's my thing. And if you want to add anything, feel free to do that. Otherwise, we can probably wrap this episode. My only last point is that trust is essential. Like with any professional and collaboration <laughs> relationship, there should be trust. And a lot of conversation, I think it's also key. So, so conversation, trust, and and just, uh, yeah, having the best intentions for the product. If everyone understands that it's not me against you, it's not who does what. And like, if you, if you remove the ego, because it's so common that the ego just creeps in, <laughs> scope creep, ego creep, all sorts of creeps on, <laughs> on projects. I think the key here is to understand that we're all in this together, trying to build up a better experience for the users. So that's my last idea for today. And I want to thank everyone who's listened to this episode. And I hope there was some value to it. <laughs> and if you want to support us in any way, uh, there are a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, first of all, send us ideas for future conversations. We really want to be relevant and we want to have useful chats here. <laughs> so if you have any idea for a future episode, send it over either on my Instagram, on FISA's Instagram, or on our shared Instagram, Honest UX Talks. 
You can also give us a review in Spotify. That makes us very happy to feel supported and that somebody's listening and appreciating all this. And um, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you so much for listening and have a great rest of the day, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.